بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين نبينا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين أما بعد السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته الحمد لله ثم الحمد لله um, Tonight we move on to the next chapter in the book Buluh al-Maram wherein we are of course discussing the fiqh of salah and previously we completed the chapter of the description of the salah so tonight inshallah we move on to the next chapter which is bab sujood sahwi wa ghayrihi min sujood tilawati wa shukri the chapter that deals with the sujood or the prostration of sahwi which is the prostration of forgetfulness and other than it from other types of sujoods like sujood of at-tilawah and sujood of ash-shukr so the author rahimahullah imam ibn hajar rahmatullahi alayhi he mentions three types of sujood three types of prostrations that will be covered inshallah firstly the sujood of sahwi right sajda to sahu Sujood al-tilawa and sujood al-shukr, right? The sajda or the prostrations of thankfulness to Allah Azza wa Jal. Um, so we move into the first hadith of the evening, which is from Abdullah ibn Buhaynah, radiyallahu anhu, anna al-Nabiya sallallahu alayhi wa sallama salla bihim al-zuhra. Abdullah ibn Buhaynah, he mentions that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallama he prayed dhuhr salah with them faqama fi al-raka'atayn al-ulayayn wa lam yajlis and so he stood up after the first two raka'at and he did not sit faqama al-nasu ma'ahu and so the people they stood up with him hatta idha qada salata until he came to the end of the salah, just before the end of the salah, وَانْتَظَرَ النَّاسُ تَسْلِيمَهُ And the people were awaiting his taslim. كَبَّرَ وَهُوَ جَالِسٌ He did the takbir, he said Allahu Akbar, and he, whilst he was sitting, وَسَجَدَ سَجْدَتَيْنِ قَبْلَ أَنْ يُسَلِّمْ And then he did two prostrations before he did the salam, ثُمَّ سَلَّمَ And then he did the salam. This hadith is in أَخْرَجَهُ السَّبْعَةِ وَهَذَا اللَّفْظُ لِلْبُخَارِي The seven imams have narrated the hadith and this is the wording of Al-Bukhari. In, an, in the version of Muslim, يُكَبِّرُ فِي كُلِّ سَجْدَةٍ وَهُوَ جَالِسٌ It says that he did the takbir for every sajda whilst he was sitting. وَسَجَدَ النَّاسُ مَعَهُ And the people prostrated with him. مَا كَا مَكَانَ مَا نَسِيَ مِنَ الْجُلُوسِ This was for, to compensate for the middle sitting that he forgot. Tayyib. So we go through the commentary of the hadith. Regarding the commentary of the hadith, before we actually get to the hadith, Ibn Uthaymin, Rahimahullah, our commentary, uh, the, the one who does the commentary of the book, he touches on an important issue. And he mentions that the issue of sujood al-sahwi, um, at times it's referred to by the word an in Arabic. And at times it's referred to by the word fi in Arabic. 
Okay, and these small uh, huruf, right? This, these, these small hurufs, like fi and an, they can change the meaning of the entire sentence drastically. So when it's preceded by the an, when it's preceded by an, then this is a type of uh, blame that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala inflicts upon those people. Okay? Because it means a type of heedlessness and a type of like, like a person who turns away from the salah. And an example of this is in Surah Ma'un, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, فَوَيْلٌ لِلْمُصَلِّينَ And woe to those who make salah. Allah says what? Woe to those who make salah. Woe to the people who make salah. But of course Allah doesn't stop there and He describes which people who make salah. What type, what type of salah do they pray? Why woe to them? الَّذِينَ هُمْ عَنْ See the word here? عَنْ الَّذِينَ هُمْ عَنْ صَلَاتِهِمْ سَاهُونَ سَاهُونَ and سَهْوِي is the same word basically. Right? But here the سَاهُونَ is preceded by which? Not fi but by عَنْ and we said if it's preceded by an, then, it, then it's actually like a bad thing. Then this person is blameworthy. So these people are blameworthy. This ayah shouldn't be interpreted to mean sahun, it's like sahwi is forgetfulness, it's okay. Now this, they are being blamed. Hence Allah said, فَوَيْلٌ لِلْمُصَلِّينَ Woe to them who make salah. Why? They are those who are heedless of their prayers. An salatihim sahun. So in this context, Sahun doesn't mean forgetfulness. Like normally we say the prostration of forgetfulness. So Judas Sahwi means the prostration of forgetfulness. In this instance, it means a type of heedlessness, negligence, a lack of concentration, perhaps, a lack of care for the salah, a lack of importance that is given to, to the salah. Understand? Um, and, and some ulama they said Alhamdulillahi alladhi Lam yaqul Alladhina hum Fi salatihim sahun They actually praised Allah And they said Praise be to the one who said um, Who did not say sorry Praise be to the one who Did not say Those whom Are heedless in their prayers Fi salatihim sahun Why? Why do they praise Allah for this? Because none of us are actually are free from this. All of us become at, at moments we become in our salah. In the salah. During the salah we are sahun. You know, we, we are a little bit heedless. We, we lack concentration. But when Allah says, an salatihim, They are regarding their salah in general. Regarding the prayer. They are sahun. They are heedless people. They don't give it importance. They turn away from the salah. You understand? They don't fulfill the wajibat of the salah. They don't pray the way they're supposed to pray. And so forth. This is the, I hope this is understood. When we say, an salatihim, it means about the salah in general. They are sahun, they are heedless. So the ulama, some of them said, praise be to Allah, because he did not say, woe to those who make salah, those who are heedless, in their salah, or during their salah. Because then, all of us would be blameworthy. All of us would be blameworthy. Um, and so forth. So, it's, it's important to note here, 
When it's preceded by an, then it's something blameworthy because it's more encompassing. The entire salah is like in a bad state, like in this ayah over here. As for in the salah or during the salah, then this is what we understand as sujood sahwi or, or a type of sahwi that or sahun that is regarded as forgetfulness, slip of the mind, confusion, distraction that happens to every person at the time you get distracted. Something happens and your mind wandered, you come back to the salah and all of a sudden you are confused. Which raka'ah am I in? Did I, did I do the tahiyat? Did I not do the tahiyat? This happens. This is something natural that happens. This type is not blameworthy. This type is not blameworthy. This type of sahu is not blameworthy. So this is a type of forgetfulness that is to a degree acceptable. To a degree it is what? It is acceptable. But it shouldn't get to a point where every single salah, that's the state of our salah. When every salah, what happens? Your mind wanders. And your mind is preoccupied with all other types of thoughts and all other issues. And every salah, what happens? You get confused because of your distractions. So this means that there's a lack of khushu' and there's a lack of concentration in the salah, right? In a general sense. So this could become blameworthy and Allah knows best. It could become, you could be of those who are an salatihim sahun. Understand? You could be then considered of those who are an salati, but if it happens now and then, within the salah it happened, you forgot, got confused, got distracted. In this case, this is not blameworthy. You understand? This is not something that is blameworthy because we know we are not taken to task for that which we forget. The Quran, Rabbana, la tu'akhidna inna sina aw akhtaqna. That's a dua that's mentioned in the, in the Surah Baqarah. Oh, our Lord, Rabbana, do not take us to task. Do not punish us for what? That which we forget and that which we are mistaken over. That which we were confused about or that which we were, yeah, we were mistaken over. At the end, in the Sahih Muslim, Allah answered this dua. Which means, that's the rule now. Any person who forgot, is not blamed. If he was mistaken, he didn't know any better, he's not blamed. So in this instance, we say this is not blameworthy. To forget in the salah or to be confused in the salah, but it shouldn't be happening too often. It shouldn't. If we, if it's happening too often, then I think that's a sign for us that we need to fix up on our salah, and we need to be fearful and worry that we may be of those which Allah speaks about in Surah Ma'un, where Allah says, "Woe be to those people who make salah because they are." Heedless about this Allah. Taib. Also, it's not blameworthy because Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, Innama ana basharun mithlukum. Indeed, I'm only a person like you. I'm only a man, a human, like you people. I forget just like you forget. And we're going to go through a hadith where we see that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa he forgot in the salah. He also forgot in the salah. It happened to him as well. So we know for a fact that this would never have, he would never have done this on purpose. Hence, it, is, it only happened out of forgetfulness. So this will happen even to the best of the best. Even to the most righteous of people. At times, it can happen. They can make a mistake. They slip up. They forget. It happened to um, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So 
As-sahu anis salah is blameworthy. Forgetfulness regarding the salah in general or heedlessness regarding salah in general is blameworthy. Right? We need to be careful that we do not become of those people. Forgetfulness within a salah here and there, during the salah it happens. Distraction, confusion, it happens. That is not blameworthy. This is what we basically, to summarize what we basically just explained. Taib. So, coming back to the hadith, Abdullah ibn Buhayna, the narrator, radiallahu anhu, he said, Salla bihim al-dhuhr. And Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he made dhuhr with them. Them meaning the sahaba. Right? He prayed dhuhr with them. Faqama fi raka'atayni al-ulayani wa lam yajlis. What did he do? Dhuhr, we all know, is four raka'at. After the second raka'ah. Right? What happened? He stood up all the way. Meaning, what did he not do? He did not sit, they say. Meaning, he skipped what? He skipped the tahtahiyat. Right? He skipped the tahiyat. As he came to the end of the salah, the people were waiting for him to do the taslim, about to finish off. Kabbara, he said the takbir. So instead of saying, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah, what did he do? He said, Allahu Akbar. Whilst he was sitting, he didn't go back up. Whilst he was sitting, he did a... Whilst he was sitting, kabbara, he said the takbir, Allahu Akbar. And he did two prostrations. Two prostrations before the taslim. Yep, so he's sitting in the tahiyyat, right at the end. So he did everything the tahiyyat finished. Allahumma salli ala Muhammad. Whatever other du'as you want to do at the end. And just before the taslim, what did he do? As he's sitting, he says, Allahu Akbar. And he goes into sujood. Understand? Then he says, Allahu Akbar, and he sits. Allahu Akbar again, into the sujood. Allahu Akbar again, and then he does the taslim. Question, so how many tahiyyats did the Prophet do? So um, would he have performed all four raka'ahs together then, Shaykh? Or would he have done three raka'ahs, go into tahiyyat, come up, do tahiyyat, and then do... Um, three raka'ahs. What do you mean by three raka'ahs? Like Nabi Muhammad forgot to do the tahiyyat. Yes. Um, after the second rakah, right? So he came up, he did the third rakah. Yes. So did he go straight into tahiyyat or did he come straight up to do the fourth rakah? No. Uh, he can't do the tahiyyat. You see, you have to follow the tartib of the salah. So what this hadith is teaching us, and we're going to cover this inshallah in the, in the commentary, um, is that when he missed the tahiyyat, he continues as if, as normal. You missed it, it's gone. Right? You are now in the third rak'ah. You continue as if it is the third rak'ah. So when you've done the third, you go in down, ruku, sujood, everything, you come straight up. Like the third, right? Into the fourth, you make one tashahud. You, you end up, he end up making one tashahud at the end of the salah only. And then he makes the, the, the sajdatus, the sujood sahwi at the end. Okay? Um, طيب, this was narrated by the seven imams of hadith. 
And this is the strongest type of hadith you can have. If all seven have narrated it, all seven of the best books have narrated the hadith. Al-Bukhari, Muslim, Abu Dawood, and At-Tirmidhi, Al-Nasai, Ibn Majah, and Ahmad. The Musnad of Imam Ahmad, Ibn Hanbal, Rahimahumullah. So to summarize the hadith again, the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam made dhuhr with them, the Sahaba, in the second raka'ah, he did not sit for the tahiyyat, he went straight up, out of forgetfulness. Right? This is not permissible, you cannot skip it purposefully. Understand? You cannot skip this purposefully and then think, I'll just make the two raka'ahs at the end to make up for it. If you skip it purposefully, your salah is batil. You have to repeat the salah. Understand? If you skipped it out of forgetfulness like he did, you continue with the salah. Which is what the Prophet did. He continued with his salah. The, the people behind him continued with him, following him. In the last sitting for the tashahud, the last tahiyyat, as he was about to finish off, he then said Allahu Akbar and he went into the sujood. He did then two sajdas and then he did the, the, the taslim, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah, twice and he ended the salah. Understand what this hadith says? Tayyib. Now we go through some benefits of the hadith from Ibn Uthaymin rahimahullah. Firstly, Ibn Uthaymin rahimahullah, he says that the scholars differed over what happened here. Did the Prophet forget naturally as a human can forget or did Allah purposefully cause him to forget just so that the sunnah can be taught? Ibn Uthaym is of the view that he forgot because this happened to him on other occasions as well. He forgot because he's a man just like the other hadith we've quoted said. I am a person just like you and I forget just like you forget. Allah knows best. Secondly, he says, that the first tashahud, what's the ruling on the first tashahud? What do we, what do we understand as the ruling? Is it a rukan of the salah? Is it a wajib of the salah? Or is it a sunnah of the salah? Okay. It's a rukan. And the second tashahud, it's a fard of the salah. What's the difference between a fard and a rukun? Which one? What's the difference between a fard and a rukun? Forget the tashahud. The gen- the, in terms of the, the classification as fard and rukun. Which one is more important? Listen to what I'm asking. Regard, forget the tashahud now. In terms of rukun versus fard. There are various arkan of the salah and various fara'id of the salah. Which one is more important? A fard. A fard is something which is wajib, meaning it's obligatory. A rukun is a pillar of the salah. A rukun is more important than a fard. A rukun is more important than a, a fard of the salah. The arkan of the salah is what the salah is built upon. The pillars of the salah. Understand? You cannot skip a rukun of the salah. It's haram, it's impossible to skip a rukun of the salah. So one of the differences between the two 
is that if you skipped a rukun of the salah, then those behind you, they cannot allow you to continue. They have to make you aware that you skipped a rukun of the salah, you've got to go back to make sure you fulfill the rukun. Because the sujood sahwi at the end cannot make up for the arkan. The sujood sahwi cannot make up for missed arkan. Understand this? The sujood sahwi cannot make up for the missed arkan. You must make the arkan. If they informed you after the salah, do you know you skipped that rak'ah? Do you know you skipped the ruku'u one sajda? These are, these are arkan of the salah. The ruling is that you have to go back to that sajda and pray the sajda. Or that rukun, or that rak'ah for, for instance. You cannot just make the, the two at the end and khalas, we made the sujood sahwi it doesn't count. As for the fard of the salah, the various fara'id of the salah, then the sujood sahwi can be made to make up for the fara'id or the wajibat of the salah. This is the difference. So therefore the arkan is more important. Whereas the wajibat is very important, it cannot be left out purposefully. If you leave it out purposefully, you've invalidated your salah. If you left it out by mistake or by due, or due to forgetfulness, you can then make the sujood sahwi at the end to make up for the fard that you skipped or missed. Is this understood? Is this clear now? Now we come to the question. The first tashahud, what is the ruling? Is it a fard or is it a rukun? It's a fard. So the first tashahud is a fard, it's not a rukun. How do we know this? Because in this hadith, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he missed it. He missed it by mistake. And during the salah, he must have realized that he missed it. Why? Because at the end of the salah, he made the, the sujood sahwi by himself. He knew. So he did the sujood sahwi to make up for the fard. And the sahaba continued praying behind him. They didn't stop him. They didn't say subhanallah or anything to make him aware that ah, i got to go back. I missed the rukun. Understand this point? Had it been a rukun, they would have stopped him and he would have had to have gone back and made the rukun. So this clearly proves that the first tashahud is a fard of the salah and not a rukun of the salah. You just go back. You, you stop where you are. The congregation you say subhanallah. So that will alert the imam. It will alert the imam and so forth. Okay. So this is an important, very important point. A very important point is to know what are the wajibat and what are the fara'id. Oh sorry, what are the arkan? Wajib and fard is the same thing. What are they and what are the arkan? Because you need to know if I skip this, is it the, firstly you need to ask yourself, did I skip a rukun or did I skip a fard? If I skipped a rukun, I need to go back. If I skipped a fard, I can continue and make the sujood sahwi at the end. Understand? That's why it's so important to know the ruling on, on that tashahud or if it's something else. Usually the most common is the tashahud. Because people commonly, often, they stand up straight. And they, without realizing, then they realize, hey, that was, I was supposed to do the tashahud. 
Understand? That happens often. But the others doesn't happen that often, but it's important because it might happen. It could possibly happen. Did I, did I say Subhana Rabbi Al-A'la or did I not? Did I say do one sajda or two? Am I in the tahiyat or am I between the two? You understand? It can happen. So you need to know that what is the ruling on, on that particular uh, part of the salah that you missed so that you know how to make up for it. Either it means it's a rukun, you need to go back, or it's a fard, which means you can continue and make the sajda at the end or the sujood at the end to make up for the fard that you missed. If you you go back to the ruku and continue with the salah from yes. the ruku till the end or just yes. the ruku over? Yes. You go back to the ruku. And, and continue till the end. So let's say you missed, you, you, in the second raka'ah you missed it, you're now in the third, and you realize you go back to the second raka'ah. You, you put yourself it. back and you start, you continue from there. Okay. Um, we as the final tashahud, is a rukun. The reality is, it's impossible to skip the final tashahud. It's impossible because how else are you going to finish the salah? Understand? It's impossible, but that is a rukun, it must be fulfilled. Okay? The next benefit the Sheikh says is <coughs> if a person stands up, right, from the first tashahud without sitting, so he skipped the first tashahud, la yarji'u ilay. Then, he does not return to it. He does not return to it. Understand this point? What does this mean? So if you're making salah, you're in the second raka'ah, you're in the sujood. And instead of coming up and sitting, you go straight up, just like the Prophet did in this hadith. In that instant, instance, what do you do? You continue and you do not go back and sit down. You do not go back and so you just continue. Now what happens, you say, for example, in Fajr. Yes. You make that mistake, so you make it to Rakaz and you accidentally comes up to what you do now. Then you sit down. Then you sit down. Okay. Because you can't add a third Rakaz. So you stood up by mistake, you sit down. So you've added that standing in the Salah. You can then do the sujood at the end to make up for that mistake. But uh, you can't make three Rakaz. This is a different instance, completely different situation. Here, you skip the wajib, so we say continue and you do not return. As it's the Prophet did, he did not go back, he did not go down and sit again. He continued with the, with the salah. Because you are going to make the sujood sahwi, which makes up. Right? And if you go back and sit, you've actually now added to the salah. You've now added to the salah, which is also a problem. So you should not do that, and Allah knows best. And if the imam goes sitting, you will probably have to follow the imam. You probably no, you probably follow the salah and uh, imam and make up with the sujood sahwi in the end. But still, ideally, you should not do that. So you said like make up with sujood sahwi. So that say if the imam greets, so what do you do? Do you go to the sujood sahwi because no, no, no. So you can inform him. We're gonna get. We're gonna cover that. We're gonna cover that, right? The next issue the Sheikh mentions is, what if you have not stood up completely? <coughs> if you've stood up completely, we say don't go back and sit. Continue. If you stood up 
let's say halfway and you realized, I didn't do the tashahur. But you're not standing yet, nor are you sitting, you're in between. What do we do? Do you go back or do you continue? So if you're standing with it, you continue. Whether you decided or not, you just continue. Okay? Um, if you haven't stood up, and you, then you can sit down. So you're about to stand up, right? You're about to stand up. You're on your way to standing up and you realize you can sit down. Because you haven't stood up yet. Okay? Now the issue is, should you make a sujood sahwi for that? For that little part where you nearly stood up, or you stood up halfway and you sat down. Understand? This scholar is different. Ibn Uthaym is of the opinion you don't need to make a sujood sahwi for this. It's a slightly, slight additional movement, but that was not your intention. And your intention was obviously, but it was a forgetful, forgetfulness. So you just stood up slightly and you sat. Allah knows best, there's no need for sujood sahwi in this case. So just to summarize again, if you stand up all the way, you've now stood into the next raka'ah, you continue. Right? If you haven't stood up all the way, you just, you know, as you are standing up, you're busy getting up, and you remember, then you can sit down quickly. Otherwise, you continue with the salah. The next benefit the Sheikh mentions is, it's wajib upon the ma'mumin, those following the imam, to follow the imam. To follow the imam, meaning, if the imam stands up and he skips the tashahud, what must you do at the back? You must also skip the tashahud. Do you understand? So the imam, he did it out of forgetfulness, and you are aware that he skipped it. Right? In this instance, what should the people do? They should stand up and skip the tashahud, because it's more important that you follow the imam. Understand this point? And they shouldn't say subhanallah either. Because then they only get to create confusion. Right? Imagine everybody subhanallah, the next one subhanallah, the next one subhanallah, and you can picture this happening. I can picture this happening in, in, you know, in our societies. People will all shout subhanallah. In reality, they are actually wrong to say this. Because in this case, in this case, what should happen is um, remain silent. And let the imam continue, because in this instance he will make up for it at the end of the salah with the sujood sahwi What about if it's a rukun? So I think we touched on this. If the imam skips a rukun, should you follow the imam? Yes. A rukun. A rukun, we say no. This was a fard. This tashahud was a fard. He skipped a fard, you can let him continue because you can make up for the fard. But that's a judu sahwi. As for a rukun, as for a rukun, you should not follow him then. You should say subhanallah. And that if he continues? You should say subhanallah, but you should not. Uh, you cannot because you cannot just make the sujood sahwi at the end. So in this instance, the salah will be batil. 
And your salah will be brought to you, skip the rukun. So then perhaps you should break your salah and continue off. If he doesn't to return. Because a rukun cannot be skipped, nor can it be made up for at the end. Nor can it be made up for at the end. Right? But you're supposed to warn him. That's the most important thing. You're supposed to say subhanallah so that he goes back. Um, you warn him. He should go back. If he doesn't go back, Allah knows best. Allah knows best. Another benefit Ibn Uthaymin makes here is, we discussed this issue previously, that the Sheikh is of the opinion that Jalsatul Istiraha is not a, is not a Sunnah. It's only a Sunnah for those who need it. What is Jalsatul Istiraha? Sitting of rest, meaning when you're coming up from the sujood, as you're standing, you sit first and then you go up. Right? So Ibn Uthaymin, we said, is of the opinion that you don't need to sit. You just go straight up, that's fine. Unless you need to sit, like an elderly person and so forth. Right? If you look at this hadith, they say in the second raka'ah he stood up without sitting. Meaning he never sat at all. He went straight up. You understand? There was no jalsatul istiraha either. He just went straight up. He uses that as an evidence. Allah knows best. Okay. The next benefit is the sujudu sahwi for the one who leaves of the first ashahud will be before the salam. Will be when? Before the salam. So you skip the tashahud. You carry on. Before you say assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah, you should do the sujudu sahwi. You should then do the sujudu sahwi. Okay? Because this is what the Prophet sallallahu did. And he told us, Sallu yusalli. Pray the way that you have seen me praying. Right? Um, and this is actually applicable for any wajib that is skipped. For any wajib that is skipped in the salah. That has been missed. So if you must any wajib, when do you do the tasli- when do you do the sujood? Before the taslim. You do the sujood when? Before the taslim. What about if you add to the salah? You add it to the salah by accident and then you realize that I added to the salah. When do you then do the taslim? Sorry, the sujood. You then do the sujood after the taslim. What's the hikmah in this? That's the logical sense that it makes. You skip something in the salah. So you have to make up for it in the salah. Understand? If you added something, then after the salah you have to remove it. After the taslim, you, make it, you now make the sujood to remove that from the salah. This is... How it basically works. Okay? So if a person is in the ruku' he must say Subhana Rabbi al-Azim at least once, that's fard. Subhana Rabbi al-Azim at least once is fard. 
if he doesn't say the Subhana Rabbi Al-Azim once and he comes back up, he can continue with the Salah, but he has missed a, a fard. So how does he make up for it? Before the Taslim, he makes sujood sahwi. Because he skipped a fard. Right? Before he, because he skipped a fard. I'll give you a simple example that happened to me once. Um, it was Tarawih. I was reading in Tarawih. And I was reciting. And I felt like I made a mistake. Right? So what happened was is, I carried on reading. And I went down. When I was in the sujood, I was thinking about that ayat. And I was re- reading it in my mind again. Right? And I'm in the sujood. I said, Subhanahu Rabbi Al-A'la, Subhanahu Rabbi But in my mind, I'm now thinking. I'm going through those ayat and it clicked. I skipped one verse. It clicked all of a sudden. Right? And as I said, Allahu Akbar, I'm sitting there and I'm thinking about that verse. I skipped this verse and I'm confirming it in my mind. And then I said, Allahu Akbar, and I went back down into the sujood. So what did I do? I didn't say, Rabbi Ghfirli, once, at least. You have to say it at least once. You say it twice, it's good. More than twice, it's fine. Or Rabbi Ghfirli, Warhamu, Wajiburni, etc. But you must say, Rabbi Ghfirli, at least once, between the two sajdas. So I skipped it because my mind was now preoccupied. I was thinking about that verse. Did I skip it or not? And I remembered I skipped it. Right? So later on in the salah, I realized I didn't say Rabbi Ghfirli. Because at that point, I was thinking about the salah, uh, the, the, the Quran that I was reciting. So at the end of the two raka'at, I had to make the sujood sahwi. So the people at the back was like, why did you make sujood sahwi? You didn't make a mistake. Because they don't know what I'm thinking, what's running through my mind. So I had to explain, no, you see, this is what happened. I was thinking about that and I didn't say Rabbi Ghfirli. That's a wajib, I'm supposed to say it. Because I skipped it, I had to make the sujood sahwi at the end. Understand? But this will be done before the taslim. Because it's something that I missed in the salah. Okay? And this should be done. It should be done this to the best of your ability. To do it before the taslim. If you skipped something. Ibn Taymiyyah of the view that it's wajib. It's not optional to do it before or after. It's wajib to be done before the taslim. If, if it's something that you missed. Um, another benefit of this hadith is a wajib is not, cannot be left out even if it's done due to forgetfulness. You have to make up for it. And how do you make up for it? Through sujudus sahwi. Right? Through the sujudus sahwi. La yushra'ul qiyam sujudus sahwi. Another benefit the Sheikh says is you should not stand up for the sujudus. You don't have to stand up. You just, as you're sitting, you go straight down. Right? As you're sitting in the tahiyyat, you go straight down and you do the sajjah. You don't have to stand up or do anything like that. Um, what if the people at the back didn't make the mistake? Should they also follow the imam to do the sajda? Yes. They must also follow the imam. So even though they never made a mistake possibly, if the imam goes into sujood, you have to follow the imam in the sujood. Because the general ruling is that you must follow what the imam does. The hadith says, imam That the imam has only been placed there that, so that he can be followed. Because he must be he must be followed. Um, okay, we'll skip that. Taib. Any questions on the sofa? Khair.
So just to summarize for you, what, what we discussed was is, the Prophet he made dhuhr salah for the Sahaba. In the second rak'ah, he skipped the tashahud. He didn't do the tahiyyat. He went straight up. And he continued, nobody stopped him. Before he finished the salah, just before the taslim, he made two sujood sahwi at the end to, to cover up what he missed of the, of the tahiyyat. And this we said proves that the tahiyyat is a, a fard and not a rukun. Because a rukun you cannot skip, nor can you make up for it at the end. You have to go back to the rukun and make it. But the fard of a salah you can skip and make up for it with a sujood sahwi at the end. That's the summary of the hadith. Um, without all the other details that we went into. طيب, the next hadith is from Abu Hurairah radiallahu anhu who said صَلَّى النَّبِيُّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وَسَلَّمَ إِحْدَى صَلَاتَي إِحْدَى صَلَاتَي وَصَلَاتَ الْعَشِيِّ رَكَعَتَيْنِ He says that the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم he prayed one of the two daily salahs. عشي, the time is between zawal and the setting of the sun which means it's either dhuhr or asr. So they were, he was unsure by the time he narrated this hadith, was it Dhuhr or Asr? But in reality, this doesn't matter. Because both is four rakaat, and the ruling would still be the same. Thumma um, Sallama. He says, he prayed Dhuhr or Asr, which means it's a four rakaat salah. But he only made two rakaat. After the second rakaat in the tashahud, he did the taslim. He said, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. Finish. So he only prayed two raka'at. He only prayed two raka'at. What then happened was is, ثُمَّ قَامَ إِلَىٰ خَشَبَةٍ فِي مُقَدَّمٍ مَسْجِدٍ He then sat against a, like a wooden plank that they had in the front of the masjid and he leaned against it. He relaxed against it and he put his hand on his cheek. As if something was bothering him. You know, you sit and you kind of reflecting, you know. He's sitting there and he's, he's looking at the Sahaba and they're looking at him. And as if something was, was bothering him. He, he didn't feel right. But he sat there. To him the Salah was done. He's finished. But as he sat there, he could, he could feel within himself. He wasn't relaxed. Something wasn't normal for him. And Ibn Uthaymin mentions a, a powerful point here and he says that when a person is accustomed to worshipping Allah appropriately and properly, when he makes a mistake, even though it's a valid mistake, he will feel uneasy. He says, if Allah is giving him a sign that something was missed, something was wrong, even though it was a mistake, it's not even blamed for it. And this is how it was with the Prophet He made a, a genuine mistake. But you could see the... the the uneasiness upon him, even though he felt, he thought, that he made salah complete. Even then, we will see in the hadith, he said he made salah complete. But the person who is accustomed to righteousness, the sheikh says, when something happens, it's as if you get a, a sixth sense, a, a type of feeling that you get, that, that tells you something was something's missing, you know? And this is a higher level, Allahu A'lam, of Iman that a person can reach. Um, so what happened was, he, he sat like this, and he faced them. And amongst them, 
was Abu Bakr and Umar. They were right there. Closest to the Prophet they sat there. And we know the status of Abu Bakr and Umar, the two best of the best. The Prophet said, if you follow Abu Bakr and Umar, you'll be greatly guided. If you follow them, you'll be rightly guided. Yet, they did not dare to speak. So they sat out of the respect for the Prophet out of the awe that they had for him, they were just looking. And they didn't say anything. The rest of the Sahaba didn't say anything. And they sat, they just looked, they, they knew there's a mistake, they knew. It's only two rakat, what's happening? But they sat. Abu Bakr and Umar, they didn't dare to, to speak. And some of the people started to leave. The Sara'an nas meaning the people who are like in a rush. So as we see today in the Masajid, when the Imam says, Salaamu Alaikum Wa Salaamu Alaikum Wa what happens? People get up and they leave. Some people sit, but a lot of people, they get up and they move immediately. This happened even in the time of the Prophet And it's not to say that they have to be blamed either. If a person has a valid reason, there's no, no blame upon him. Right? So some people left. And some of them said, the Salah has been shortened. It's Qasr. Salah has been shortened. And others said, perhaps, you know, there's a change. Because remember, this is the time when Sharia was still changing. The Prophet could abrogate things. So others thought, maybe it's changed. The word of Asas, maybe two rakats now, no more four. And some said, no, it's just Qasr, you know, and the, but people were leaving. And then a man who was known as Dhal Yadain, or Dhul Yadain, which basically translates to the owner of the hands, the hands. Right? The Prophet gave him this nickname, Dhul Yadain, because apparently he had long hands, big hands. It was a nickname, and any nickname the Prophet gave stuck. If the person was happy with it, it was an honor for them. And it was, you know, any nickname, Abu Turab Ali, that's his main name. He loves that name the most, Abu Hurairah. No one calls him anything but Abu Hurairah. In fact, most people don't even know his real name. People only know it because the Prophet gave him that name. So this man was called Dhul Yadain. He came to the front. He said, Ya Rasulullah, did you forget or did you shorten the salah? Ya Rasulullah, did you forget or did you shorten the salah? And look at the wording. He didn't accuse him of purpose. He knew the person could never just shorten it out of... So either he intended to make qasr or he forgot. Right? So he asked him in a beautiful way, did you forget it? You? So the Prophet said, Lam ansa wa lam ta- I didn't forget, nor did I shorten the salah. Neither. I did not forget, I, I made the salah full. Nor did I shorten the salah. So obviously now there's a bit of, so, so, you know. So the man said, Bala qad nasid. He said, no, you, you did forget. You forgot. The man was obviously certain. He said, no, you, you forgot. You understand? And the Prophet wasallam, he then turned to the other Sahaba and he said, is it true what Dhulia Dain is saying? Does he have a point here? Is it true what he's saying? Did I forget? Did I make a mistake or not? And and um, the Sahaba then confirmed 
The Sahaba then confirmed and said, yes, it's true what he is saying. Perhaps you did forget. And so the Prophet wasallam stood up and he prayed two raka'at. He stood up and he prayed two raka'at. Thumma sallama. Then he did the taslim. Thumma kabbara. He said, Allahu Akbar. Thumma sajada mithla sujudi au atwala. Thumma rafa ra'asahu. Thumma kabbara. Thumma wada'a ra'asahu. Then he went down. He made another takbir. He sat. Just like he's, he made another sujood, just like his normal sujood, all longer. And he raised his head and he did the takbir again. And he did the takbir again. So, what happened in this hadith now? The Prophet ﷺ, he prayed dhur or asr. The Sahaba was, was unsure. So it's dhur or asr, but as we said, it doesn't make a difference. It was a prayer of four raka'at. After two raka'at, he did the taslim. And he sat against this wooden plank that they had, or like a bark or something. Put his head in his cheek and there was some uneasiness about him. And nobody said anything, not Abu Bakr nor Umar. Until the man Dhul Yadain came to the front and said, Ya Rasulullah, did you forget or did you shorten the salah? And we said some of the people left already. As they were leaving, they said, Salah has been shortened. Made Qasr. And the Prophet's response to Dhul, Dhul Yadain was, I did not forget, nor did I shorten. And the man said, Bala qad nasit. Rather, you did forget. Oh, Messenger of Allah, you forgot. We only made two raka'at. And so what did the Prophet ﷺ do? He didn't say, I'm the Messenger of Allah. I'm telling you I didn't forget. He turned to the other Sahaba and he said, Is what he's saying correct? Is it as he's saying? And they then spoke up and they said, Yes. Some of them nodded their head and some of them said, Yes. And immediately, and this proves the humility of the Prophet ﷺ, he stood up and he prayed the next two raka'at. He then prayed the, the next two raka'at. Did he start over? This was a continuation. So, um, when he says Allahu Akbar here, what's important to note is, this Allahu Akbar is not a takbiratul ihram. It's not a takbiratul ihram. He's saying Allahu Akbar because it's to stand up from the from the tashahud. Right? It's, 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 it's legislated because after the tashahud you're supposed to say Allahu Akbar and go up. So when he says Allahu Akbar, yeah, it's not a new salah, it's a takbiratul ihram. He's saying Allahu Akbar because from the tashahud which he was in, you need to say Allahu Akbar before you stand. And that is why he said Allahu Akbar. So what's important here is that if you are in a similar situation and you do not require to say Allahu Akbar, then you should not say Allahu Akbar when you re when you continue with your salah. Understand? So the only reason he said Allahu Akbar initially was because he was in the tashahud. And to get from the tashahud to the standing position for the third raka'ah, you need to say Allahu Akbar. You understand? So you need to actually know which position of the salah were you in and then continue from there. And then continue um, from there. 
طيب some of the benefits of this hadith that the sujood al-sahwi will be after the salam will be after the salam if the imam does the taslim or the ma'mum or a person making salah by himself before the completion of the salah because a salam before the completion is like a ziyadah is like an addition is understood so what did I say earlier? If a, if a person omits or skips something in the salah of the wajibat, when does he do sujudu sahwi? Before the taslim. If he adds something to the salah, then when does he do the taslim? After, sorry, when does he do the sujudu sahwi? After the taslim. So Ibn Uthaymin says, in this instance here, the Prophet وسلم, he added something, which is at the end of that second tashahud, the first tashahud, sorry, he didn't go straight up, he, he added what? Taslim. He said, Assalamu alaikum alaykum and he said, so that was an addition that was now added to the salah. So if this happens, and you then continue with the third and the fourth, your sujood sahwi will be after your taslim because you added something to the salah. Because you added something to the salah. So, in actual fact, so you forget before the taslim, before the salam, and if you add, it's after the salam. If you add, it's after the salam, yes. Taib, the next issue the Sheikh mentions is. What do we say in the sujudu sahwi? What do you recite in the sujudu sahwi? So you're going into sajda again, right? Two times, sajda come up, sajda come up, right? What do you recite in the sujudu sahwi? Right? You treat it like a normal sajda. Like a normal sajda, you recite subhana rabbi al-a'la, and that's it. One, two, three times, doesn't matter, but it's like a normal sajda. In fact, the hadith here says, his sajda was like the sajda in the rest of his salah, or longer. So it's not a, it doesn't mean you have only said one, so the way that you normally make sajda, you should make that sajda the same. Understand? So in between, and then back um, That's what I understand, yes. That's, that's the zahir, what, what I understand. You say, Rabbi and you go down. Um, as for anything else, there's nothing else to say. There's nothing else that's legislated to recite. So, for example, the Sheikh says some people say Subhana man kataban nisyani ala insan, and some people say Rabbana la tu akhidna in nasina. They make all these other things. These are, these are things are not legislated. It's a normal sajda. So you say Subhana Rabbil Ala, Subhana Rabbil Ala, so and so forth. The way that you normally make sajda. Understand? No additional, no special duas to make in the Sujood al another important issue that comes up here is speaking in this instance. Does it invalidate the salah or not? So, what we mean is the Prophet ﷺ, he finished the salah, he, he stopped, he, he completed his salah according to his understanding, and 
um, they then spoke. The man Dhuliyadain came and said, did you forget? Or did you shorten the salah? And he said, I didn't shorten. The man said, I think you did shorten. And he then told the Sahaba, is what he's saying true? He said, yes. He then stood up and he, and he continued with the salah. So what does this prove? This proves that speaking in this instance doesn't invalidate the salah, meaning you can just continue. You can stand up and continue. You don't have to start afresh. Say, no, but we spoke. You know, there was, we spoke and that's not permissible. Rather, you can just continue from where you left off. From where you made the mistake, you, you, you basically continue from there. Understand? Obviously, the scholars differed over this. Some ulama said, if you spoke, it's done. You have to start over. Others say, if you only if you spoke, um, you know, about the salah. Or others, Ibn Uthaymin says, what they spoke wasn't only about the salah. It was, it was, so to him, he says that if it's a short period of time and that correction was just done, you can stand up and you can continue with the salah. You can continue with the, um, with the salah. And another narration he mentions as an evidence here is the, the hadith of Muawiyah ibn al-Hakam radiallahu anhu where he spoke in the salah. Um, a man sneezed and the man said alhamdulillah and in his salah he said alhamdulillah. He said alhamdulillah. And yet the Prophet advised him afterwards and said to him that this is not what the salah is for. Salah is, you know, it's not for the speech of men. Rather, it's only for the takbir, the tasbih, and qiratul Qur'an. But he did not tell him to repeat the salah. He was never instructed to repeat the salah. Another evidence Ibn Uthaymin mentions in this instance. Um, so the point he, the Sheikh mentions is that it does not invalidate the salah. It does not, that's, that small discussion that happens afterwards does not invalidate the, does not invalidate the salah. But it has to be in a short period of time, that which we consider a short period of time. So the Sheikh says if it's three, four or five minutes, he says that's still a short period of time. I don't know if you agree with that. Four to five minutes later, you can just continue. He says that's, that's not tawila, it's not, it's not. If you're still in the same place, obviously, you haven't now left the masjid or left the, you're still sitting there. It's two, three, four, five minutes, he says. So thought, that's not long. But say 15 minutes, 20 minutes, two hours later, then they tell you, oh, then you come to the conclusion that you skipped something. Then you cannot just continue. You have to then start, start from over. Right? You then have to um, start from over. Um, any questions on this? Taib. The next hadith is from Imran ibn Hussain radiallahu anhu that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he made salah with them and then he forgot. فسجد, he did sajda, two sajda, sajdatain. ثم تشهد, then he did tashahud, then he did the salam. Right? This hadith is in Abu Dawood and Tirmidhi and it was classed as Hassan by him and Al-Hakim who authenticated it. However, the correct view is that this hadith is shadh. This hadith is an odd hadith. Why is it an odd hadith? Because after the tashah, after the sujood tahwi, they mention he then did the tashahud. 
did the whole tashahud. Then he did the salam. And this is odd because it goes against all the other authentic narrations that do not mention anything about tashahud in this place over here. After sujood sahwi You understand? So sujood sahwi is either right at the end or after the taslim. But there's no tashahud after it. So this, this narration is a is a shad narration, which is an odd narration. It's, it's a narration that contradicts that which is more authentic um, than it. We'll take one more hadith from Abu Sa'id al-Khudri radiallahu anhu who said that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, إِذَا شَكَّ أَحَدُكُمْ فِي صَلَاتِهِ فَلَمْ يَدْرِ كَمْ أَمْ أَرْبَعًا He says, if a one of you makes salah and he has doubt in his salah, he doubts, and he's not sure did he pray three or four rakat? Have I prayed three or four rakat? The Prophet then said, فَلْيَطْرَحِ الشَّكْءُ وَلْيَبْنِ عَلَى مَسْتَيْقَنَا Expel the doubt and continue according to what you are certain of. ثُمَّ يَسْجُدُ سَجْدَتَيْنِ قَبْلَ أَنْ يُسَلِّمْ Then he should do two sajdas before he does the taslim. فَإِنْ كَانَ صَلَّ خَمْسًا if he ends up praying five rakaat, then that would make it even for him. And if he prays complete, then this is like a defiance to the shaitan. So this hadith is again an important hadith, which again many people fall into often. A person has doubt. Am I in the third rakaat, in the second rakaat, in the fourth rakaat? Right, this happens. What does the person do? Number one, he should expel the doubt. So the key here is to not be a person who's always in shak. Okay, forget about the doubt and stick to what you are certain of. So I know for certain I did the first ashahud or I did the two rakaat. Hence, I'm now in the third. I'm not sure did I finish the third or not. So what do I do? I go back to what I'm certain of. I know I did the first two, so this is my third rakah. Understand? You don't skip one and think, well, perhaps so I did. Or you go back to what you are certain of. I know I did the first three, so this is my fourth. I know I did the first two, so this is my third. This is what the person should do. Expel the doubt and go back to what you are certain of. Which means, if you are uncertain between three and four, what do you do? I'm uncertain, is the third rakah or the fourth rakah? What should I do? Which one should I go to? Always the lesser one. Always the lesser one. So if it's the third or fourth, not sure? Okay, it's the third one then. Understand? Um, and then the Prophet said, if you end up praying five, or sorry, before you make salam, before you end off, you should make sujudu sahwi. You should make sujudu sahwi before the taslim. And this is done, you can say as a precautionary measure. So that if, you see now you are certain that you made full, right? Because you went to the, the lesser. You went to the lesser option, so you know you definitely made four, at least. If you made four, alhamdulillah. If you added sujood al-sahwi at the end to that, he said this is a defiance for the shaitan. It's like a th- you're throwing something in the face of the shaitan because it's, it's the shaitan that's causing the doubt. It's the shaitan that's causing the waswasa and the confusion and the distraction. 
So if you ended up making four plus the sujood sahwi, that sujood sahwi is a is a humiliation in the face of the shaitan. Understand? If you ended up making five, because remember you went back to what was less, so you could potentially have made five, right? It's a, it's a possibility. That sujood sahwi then evens it out. It will even out your addition. Understand? So that, that's why we say it's like a precautionary measure. This is why the Prophet basically advised with praying the sujood sahwi. So even if you prayed an extra one, that sujood sahwi will even it out. And if you prayed full, normal, alhamdulillah, full plus the sujood sahwi, then that sujood sahwi counts as a as a humiliation in the face of the shaitan. Right? As a humiliation as in the face of the shaitan. So we'll stop here tonight, inshaAllah ta'ala. And we continue next week. Wa sallallahu ala nabina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdik. Ashadu an la ilaha illa anta astaghfiruka wa atubu ilayka.